just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Friday. I'm back on my home court in Minnesota. Just got back from uh, Georgia yesterday afternoon. Now, I love Georgia. I'm going to spend a lot of time in Savannah in the coming months and years and what have you. And I now can do the podcast in Georgia. It's just not quite as comfortable as what I have here in Minnesota. It's a little tighter situation. Uh, It's not as functional. There are some noises in the background that I can't control. So it is different. But that said, every time I go to Savannah or even any place else, we're going to do some different traveling during the winter months as well. Um, I'll have the functionality of being able to record a podcast so we don't have to sit for a week and listen to stuff that was recorded five or six or seven days before. I want to be on top of what's going on in this country because it's changing every day. And in order to do that, I need to do a podcast every day. Now, I will give you a heads up. On Saturday, tomorrow, I am going to my grandson's soccer game like I did last Saturday. And, of course, I'll be chasing around with my two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. Now, with any luck, she won't be sick this time. But I will tell you this. Even if she is sick, it won't make a fucking bit of difference. I'm still hanging out with that little kid. And if I have to get another cold to hang out with her, damn it, I'm going to do it. I don't care. Anyhow, I wanted to talk about a couple of things right off the bat. Then I have a DM, not an email, a DM that I want to read you. Um, First of all, we keep seeing all this stuff on TikTok and on the Internet about how September 24th is the day when all kinds of shit is going to come to pass. Armageddon, Donald Trump's coming back, civil war. I want you to understand, this is stuff we've heard over and over again for the last six years. It's all bullshit. And I will guarantee you that ain't nothing happening tomorrow on the 24th. Now, of course, if tomorrow the world does end, well, then I'll have egg on my face and you're more than welcome to give me shit about it. But I get tired of hearing these stupid conspiracy theories that have no basis in fact. They just make shit up, people hype it up, and then people start believing it. Don't believe it. It's all bullshit. Nothing's going to happen. It will be Saturday. It will be the 24th and everything will be the same. Nothing fucking crazy is going to happen. But while we're talking about something crazy, when my wife and I were down in Savannah, uh, we'd get home. You know, we can't stay out late anymore because we're old fucking people. So we'd watch TV. Now, what's interesting about my wife, she's a very passive, very sensitive, very sweet woman. But she loves, like a lot of other women, watching murder shows on TV 2020 forensic files, all that kind of shit. And and it is entertaining from time to time, but I can't watch it all the time. I swear to God, after watching all these things, she's learned how to commit the perfect murder. 
And some days, <laughs> when I'm not the easiest to get along with, I do find it a little troubling. Anyway, I was surprised when she wanted to watch this new Netflix series, this mini-series about Jeffrey Dahmer. I've watched a number of things about Jeffrey Dahmer, and I just it just annoys me and upsets me. I'm not over, overly sensitive about stuff like that. I understand it's a television show. But the more I watched this series, the more annoyed I got. And I couldn't understand why I was annoyed. Yeah, it's kind of dark and it's kind of freaky, but that kind of stuff doesn't usually bother me. But this fucking show really bothered me. Now, the bad part is my wife loves it, so we're watching it. But I couldn't understand why this bugged me. And I guess what bugged me more about it than anything is this was just the same scenario played over and over again. This fucking creep would go out, pick up a guy, drug him, rape him, and then kill him, cut him up, and do something with the body, maybe even to the point of cannibalism. Now that's annoying, and that's freaky, and that's scary enough to watch. But what I really troubled me about this whole thing is this guy wasn't an overnight serial killer. There were many red flags in his lifetime, from the time he was a child to the time he was caught. There were so many fucking red flags. I mean, he was thrown out of school, thrown out of college, thrown out of the military. He was uh, arrested for sexual assault. He was uh, arrested for indecent exposure at a state fair. He, he was constantly fucking up. And all you would see was his dad, his mom. Well, his mom was crazy. She was kind of out of the picture after a while. But a stepmom and a grandmother saying, Well, Jeffy, this might have been the straw that broke the camel's back. No matter how bad, no matter how egregious anything he did, it's like they swept it under the rug and let him get away with it and did what they could to help him out to move on. But, of course, Jeffrey couldn't uh, hold back on these impulses, so he kept doing horrific things. I mean, this guy ended up being one of the most horrific serial killers in the history of this country. And I guess what annoys me about it is these people, everything from the police to the judges to the lawyers to his parents to his grandmother, they all just let it go. One horrific thing after another, and they say, well, Jeff, you got to learn a lesson here. We're, 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 we're going to trust you on this next one. And every time he would fuck up. I mean, as a parent, at some point you got to say, stop. And hopefully you do it when they're young enough so they don't turn into fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. But they just let him go. And even when I realized that, I said, what annoys me about this more than anything? And I realized there was a parallel with somebody else. Not a serial killer, but a similar parallel. And that was Donald Trump. Donald Trump, from the day he was born, he had a silver spoon and he was handed everything. Every time he fucking failed, he was bailed out by mom or dad or relatives or Russia or whoever. Every time. And so over time, he got this sense that everything he said was right, everything he did was successful, and if something went wrong, somebody would be there to bail him out. 
So as much as we should not be surprised that Jeffrey Dahmer ended up the way he was, we should not be surprised by how Donald Trump ended up. Everything that Donald Trump did his entire life, he was forgiven, he was, um, uh, people apologized for his behavior, people bailed him out. So the fact that he ends up this horrific fucking uh, treasonist, insurrectionist piece of shit should not be a surprise. What I don't understand is with Jeffrey Dahmer and Donald Trump, um, why, why do they keep getting away with things? Why do courts, why do judges, why do family members, why does anybody allow them to get away with it and say, you know, that was horrific, but uh, we'll do better next time, right guys? I think what annoys me about this, whether we're talking about Jeffrey Dahmer and Donald Trump, is that this all could have been stopped way earlier than it was. It could have been stopped, but people ignored it. People didn't want to deal with it on both of these guys. And what do we end up? Two of the most horrific humans in the history of America, Jeffrey Dahmer and Donald Trump. Now, some of you will say, well, that's just crazy. You're comparing Jeffrey Dahmer to Donald Trump. I would say their crimes are similarly bad, but granted, they've gone down different paths. The point isn't what their crimes were. It's the extent of their crimes and how over decades, both of these clowns should have been stopped and the people around him refused to do it. That's what pisses me off. That's when people can see a serious problem and they just let it go. And that isn't a partisan thing. That isn't a religious thing. That's just people not wanting to deal with shit. And then when you let it run roughshod, you end up with the likes of Donald Trump and Jeffrey Dahmer. I guess that pisses me off. I've got five more shows of Jeffrey Dahmer to watch. I just cannot watch it. It's not because it's gross or I'm disgusted or scared. I just hate the fucking story. And I hate the ignorance of the people who allowed it to happen. Same goes for Donald Trump. Anybody that allowed this to happen over the years is just as uh, guilty as Donald Trump. It's frustrating to me. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. All right, let's read a DM. I got this from, um, says, um, well, the name is Jade. I don't know that it's Jade. Um, let me read this and see what it says. Hi, hi there, Mike. Listen to your podcast every day. Tremendous. Thank you. I have a question for you, though. So the orange vomit called Letitia James... Letitia Peekaboo James. My grandfather used to call people, I'm not going to say the word, but it had the last part, boo, in it. I probably already know the answer, but do you think that was why? Was he making a racial reference? Because Peekaboo doesn't make any sense. Might be a good point for your podcast. I don't mind my name being used, if so. Uh, thank you for the entertainment every morning at 6 a.m. with my coffee, Mike. Thank you. Um, I get what you're saying. Was that some kind of racist, racist reference? 
Well, of course, Donald Trump says Letitia James herself is racist against white people, more specifically him. I don't know if that is a racist reference. Donald Trump has occasion to offer up these fucking nicknames constantly. Some of them make sense and some of them don't. I don't know what was behind him calling her Peekaboo James. But I guarantee you, if it wasn't racist, it was at least stupid. Because Donald Trump is a stupid motherfucker. I don't, I don't know, Jade, what that was about. I think any time you hear something come out of Donald Trump's mouth, God knows where it came from or what the thought process behind it is. Uh, I think more importantly, regardless of what he's saying, whether it be racist, whether it be stupid, whether it be criminal, whether it be uh, inflammatory, we just need to shut this motherfucker up. Just shut him down. And we're getting to that point. Things are starting to pop, and uh, it's just beginning to be too much for Donald Trump to handle. Now, of course, the special master handling the Mar-a-Lago raid has given former President Donald Trump a short deadline to provide details that would bolster his claims about documents the FBI seized a day after the Justice Department scored an appeals court win. This is an interesting situation. We know that uh, Donald Trump wanted a special master, and uh, his bought-and-paid-for judge wanted the DOJ to stop investigating the crimes. But, of course, they took it to a higher court. The higher court shot down what Donald Trump's judge said. And then the special master picked up, and he started throwing some um, kinks into the whole thing for Donald Trump. It's really interesting how this thing has played out. Judge Raymond Deary, who was appointed special master by Judge Aileen Cannon, gave Trump's team until September 30th to submit a declaration on a number of key issues, including what appeared to be a reference to suggestions by Trump allies that some of the the evidence the FBI said it had seized was somehow planted. Deary asked Trump's lawyers on Thursday to provide an affidavit on a list of any specific items set forth in the detailed property inventory that Trump asserts were not seized from the premises on August 8th, 2022. So basically he's saying put up or fucking shut up, which doesn't work for Donald Trump's narrative. Donald Trump has no evidence. He has no reason to even think that occurred. And there is no possible scenario where it did occur. He just thinks he can throw bullshit out there and delay things. And he has delayed it to a certain extent. But unfortunately, the special master that he insisted upon, not only insisted upon a special master, but this specific special master is saying, look, it's all well and good. You're saying this stuff and you have a right to go to court, but you got to come up with some proof that what you're saying is actually true. And, of course, they can't. Deary also told Trump's team to list any specific items that the former president believes were described incorrectly in the FBI's inventory list 
or that he believes were located somewhere different than Mar-a-Lago than where the Bureau says it was collected. The special master also asked Trump to provide a detailed list of any items that he believes were seized by the FBI but weren't listed in the property inventory. The submission shall be Trump's final opportunity to raise any factual disputes as to the completeness and accuracy of the detailed property inventory, the special master said. Now, see, what they, what they thought was going to happen was, oh, yeah, if the former president says that, we're going to court. And then we're in it for six months to a year, a delay tactic. But that's not what the special master is doing. The special master is saying, you filed the lawsuit. You say these things, so prove it to me. An appeals court granted a DOJ request for a partial stay of a lower court order on Wednesday evening, allowing the department to continue its criminal investigation using allegedly classified documents the FBI seized from Mar-a-Lago. The three-judge panel's decision was a win for the DOJ, with the appeals court also reversing Cannon's determination that the DOJ would have to provide roughly 100 documents with classified markings to a special master for an independent review. Now, Deary also said he understood that the Justice Department had already provided Trump with a set of documents documents reviewed by the FBI's filter team, which have been designated as potentially privileged attorney-client communications, and the special master ordered Trump to prioritize the filter materials and to provide the government with a log of its designations as to the filtered materials by September 26th. That is Monday. Now, the special master gave Trump's team until October 14th to provide the Justice Department with a final and complete log of designations related to the former president's claim of privilege over the seized records. And the special master said both Trump and the DLJ will have till October 21st to submit their final and complete log of disputed designations with the master. So Donald Trump is getting a lot of what he wasn't expecting. He thought somebody would just side with him. And keep in mind, he picked out this special master. He thought somebody would side with him and say, yeah, sure, go to court. And they'd create the chaos and the bullshit going on. And they would be able to chew up some time, run out the clock, if you will. To be perfectly honest, I don't think they can run out the clock on this. There's nothing that's going to stop it. Once it is with the DOJ, doesn't matter who's elected to office, it's, it's going to go through the process. He also said a government official with sufficient knowledge of the matter would need to submit an affidavit on whether the property inventory provided by the Justice Department represents the full and accurate extent of the property seized from Mar-a-Lago. He stressed this would be excluding documents bearing classification markings. Now, Cannon, a district court judge in Florida, had ruled this month that she temporarily enjoins the government from reviewing and using the seized materials for investigative purposes pending the completion of the special master's review or further court order. She stressed that her ruling shall not impede the classification review and intelligence assessment being conducted by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. But the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit reversed that order Wednesday evening, and on Thursday she had a more narrowly tailored her speech 
or special master order to align with the appeals court shooting her uh, shooting her down by siding with the DOJ. See, what she did is she had her decision, and then when Deary did this, she backed way off of it. So this means that they're going to be allowed to continue the investigation. And as the investigation continues, we get that much closer to Donald Trump getting an indictment for possessing top-secret documents. Now, of course, Deary was put forward by Trump to be a special master. He had suggested to the former president lawyers during Tuesday hearing that Trump must provide evidence of declassification or else the judge may have to assume the records seized by the FBI are indeed classified. Now, this is a really big sticking point. Donald Trump has been screaming about how he can declassify anything he wants. He can just think about it and it's declassified, which is all very untrue. It's not even close to true. Now, as much as his lawyers are kind of siding with him, they've come up short when it comes to saying, yes, they are declassified. They won't say that because it would be a lie and that would put them and their uh, law careers in jeopardy. Now, of course, Trump's attorneys have an excuse as to why they can't provide this information. They said they were hesitant about detailing what Trump may have declassified because that topic might end up being part of their defense against future indictments by the DOJ. The appeals court panel seemed to agree with Deary's skepticism of Trump's arguments and largely removed the classification controversy from the special master's hands. So now, as I say... The DOJ can investigate these and will investigate these, and it will spell all kinds of trouble for Donald Trump. There is no explanation for him having these. There is no evidence of him declassifying them. He's in a world of hurt. I'd hate to be the lawyers for Donald Trump because Donald Trump keeps wanting to push the lie, but the lawyers know they can't push the lie without getting themselves in trouble. Now, Trump has not even attempted to show that he has a need to know the information contained in the classified documents, the circuit judges said Wednesday, nor has he established that the current administration has waived that requirement for these documents. And even if he had, that in and of itself would not explain why Trump has an individual interest in classified documents. Trump lawyer Jim Trusty told the special master on Tuesday that we are not in a position, nor should we be in a position at this juncture, to fully disclose substantive defense. Deary replied, my view of it is you can't have your cake and eat it too. So basically, he's saying put up or shut up. It's as simple as that. Now, Florida District Judge Aileen Cannon, the woman who made the original decision that was absolute bullshit, she's now backtracked on previous aspects of her ruling in favor of former President Donald Trump on Thursday, just hours after the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals delivered a stinging rebuke that overturned her decision to block the government from using top-secret documents. Yeah, she's had some time to think about this, and she's thinking... Ooh, I may be fucked up. 
Now, in a new filing flagged by Politico's Kyle Cheney, Cannon amended her previous order to state that the seized materials subject to a special master review no longer includes the approximately 100 documents bearing classification markings. Here's the interesting thing. Isn't that exactly what the DOJ asked her to do? And she says, no, I don't see a problem. I don't see any urgency. But as soon as the 11th Circuit makes her look like the idiot she is, she backs way off. You see, it's one thing if she wants to side with Donald Trump, but she's looking at her career here. She's looking like a joke, like an idiot. So she better back off of it. Uh, That said, she'll probably still be considered an an idiot. The 11th Circuit, a three-judge panel that consists of two Trump appointees, criticized arguments made by the former president's lawyers who wanted the DOJ to be forced to stop its probe into Trump's decision to allegedly keep top-secret documents. That's what they wanted. Yeah, don't look at them anymore. Well, we have national security to be concerned about. They've got to look at them. They've got to know what went on know who is responsible, and know what, what, what damage was created because of this. There's no doubt a lot of damage that was caused by this. To think that Donald Trump has done nothing with these documents as yet is absolutely ridiculous. Of course he has. Now, in their ruling, the judges noted that Trump has not even attempted to show that he has a need to know the information contained in the classified documents, nor has he established that the current administration has waived the requirement for the documents, and that goes to um, executive privilege. Now, Donald Trump keeps throwing around executive privilege, but the fact of the matter is, by law, the only person that can assert executive privilege is a sitting member or sitting president of the United States, and that would be Donald Trump. That, <laughs> Excuse me, scratch that. That would be Joe Biden. Donald Trump is not the sitting president, so he really has no way to assert executive privilege. We've talked about this a million times. Uh, In spite of the fact I screwed it up, you know what I mean. Joe Biden's the sitting president. He's the only one that can assert executive privilege. Donald Trump cannot. He seems to think the power he had as president carries over when he's no longer president, and clearly that's not the case. Cannon's original ruling was widely criticized by many legal experts, and she took a lot of heat for it. So now she's backed off of it because the 11th Circuit basically said, you're full of shit, you don't know what you're fucking talking about, just shut the fuck up. So now she's looking at her career. Her career may be shot because of these bullshit decisions. You know, we heard people... Uh, legal professionals say this was the worst decision they've ever seen in any court anywhere, that she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't understand this. She's simply a sycophant for Donald Trump, and she's putting at risk our national uh, secrets. And that's a pretty serious thing. I mean, the fact of the matter is what she was doing amounts to basically obstruction of justice. Now, whether she would pay a price for that or not, I don't know. But she is certainly open to that uh, accusation. And whether that means an impeachment or what have you, I don't know. But clearly, 
other judges, legitimate judges, disagree with her, even though two of those judges happen to be Donald Trump appointees. I mean, what's right is right. What wrong is wrong. That's the way it should be. But unfortunately, in courts nowadays, we're seeing a lot of partisanism, which basically destroys the whole foundation of, uh, of our courts, especially the Supreme Court. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So do you remember back a little while ago when Alex Jones was in court, a lawsuit against him for defamation of character for those uh, parents from Sandy Hook? Now, the important thing to remember about that lawsuit, first of all, he lost. He made a fool of himself. He pissed off the judge, and it was absolutely a circus. And he lost millions of dollars in that case. And that was just two of the Sandy Hook parents. There's 20 Sandy Hook parents. So there's more defamation cases happening. And there's one going on currently. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones testified in his second-hand Sandy Hook defamation trial Thursday for the lies he spread about those who were killed in the school shooting. Jones dodged questions and claimed ignorance during a full day of testimony in which he denied having a role in InfoWars videos attacking the current court proceedings and claimed not to know how much money the InfoWars store has made uh, as InfoWars promoted its coverage of a kangaroo court. He's talking shit about the judge and the court when he's not in court. And then when he comes in, he just kind of stutters and stammers and doesn't know how to answer. I think this is a deep state situation, Jones said, of the trial while on the stand. Deep state. We keep hearing this. Nobody's been able to identify who the deep state is as yet. For years, Jones used his conspiracy platform, InfoWars, to falsely claim the 2012 Connecticut shooting that left 20 children and six adults dead was a staged event with crisis actors. We know that. Now, Jones has already lost a case through default judgment. He lost this case, much like he lost the other case. This isn't about whether he's guilty or not. He lost by default, and the reason why he lost by default is because he didn't show up. He didn't show up for the trial. Apparently, he didn't want to talk about it. So now, instead of worrying about winning or losing, now it's just about how much he's going to have to pay these folks. And he's going to have to pay multiple millions of dollars in this case, too, because he will most certainly lose. So we'll find out very soon how much he's going to have to pay these folks. Attorney Chris Matai, who is representing the Sandy Hook plaintiffs, 
grilled Jones about the damage he caused to grieving family members. In one exchange, Jones tried to claim he didn't call the parents actors, despite having done so on video numerous times over the years. Uh, Chris Matai says, for years and years and years, you called these families actors, correct? Alex Jones said, no. Matai says, you called Sandy Hook parent Robbie Parker an actor many times, correct? And then Jones said, I said it looked like he was acting. Oh, there's the big difference. Matai brought up a lawsuit Jones filed against the media company, the Young Turks, in 2019 after the group falsely claimed Jones had sent child exploitation material to the Sandy Hook lawyers when handing over discovery documents, but the material came from an outside source in an email sent to the InfoWars that Jones hadn't opened but that had gotten included in discovery documents. Matai asked if Jones' reputation was damaged Uh, damaged the more the lie spread. Jones said, I think that's fair to say. Matai then pulled up an exhibit showing the Young Turks' misleading story had just 20 retweets and 37 likes on Twitter. Your lies about Sandy Hook reached 550 million just on social media alone. Do you recall that testimony? Matai then asked Jones, Yes, I recall it, Jones grumbled. Preposterous. Matai later discussed parent Robbie Parker, whose daughter Emily was killed in the shooting. For years, Jones attacked Parker based on a video of the grieving father giving a nervous laugh prior to a press conference discussing the death of his child. Matai played the full video of Parker's press conference in court in which the father talked about his little girl and pleaded for compassion for complete strangers and not just in times of sorrow and tragedy. For years, you put a target on his back, didn't you? Matai asked Jones, his voice rising. Didn't you? Yeah, Alex Alex wasn't handling this particular case very well either. Um... Apparently, uh, when he wasn't in court, he referred to the judge as a tyrant, which usually doesn't put you in good favor with a judge when you start talking shit about them outside the courtroom. Um, He was asked about that, and he said, uh, yes, I did call her that, which was stupid. Uh, So this judge has called him out a number of times already. Again, this court case he lost by default because he didn't show up to the trial. It's not a matter of whether he's guilty or not. He's already been found guilty by default. It's a matter of how much he's going to pay these folks. So we had the first one he lost. This one he will lose. There's at least one or two more, maybe one in Texas. And he will lose those two if he hasn't already by default. Alex Jones is going to be absolutely destroyed financially. There's no question about it. He has become a joke. He has become a fool. And uh, he will go down in flames just like his best buddy Donald Trump will. And talking about best buddies. We haven't talked about Roger Stone as of lately. Roger Stone has been the troll sitting on the shoulder of a powerful Republicans since Richard Nixon's presidency. He worked for Richard Nixon. 
Now, his dirty trickster moniker derives from a career of cutthroat weaseling for the right people. Throughout the Trump years, Stone remained one of the president's closest friends and loyal allies. He also has close ties to multiple Proud Boys and chapters, especially those most involved in Florida politics near his home in Fort Lauderdale, and he remains without a doubt the gang's closest connection to Trump and his inner circle. In an exclusive interview, Stone gave a rare, candid look at his relationship to the notorious, notorious far-right street gang. Now, you got to remember, when he was originally asked about this, he said, yeah, I have no connection to the Proud Boys. And then we found out that he had hired some Proud Boys to be his uh, bodyguards on January 6th. He said he wasn't there, but he was there. I don't know how long he was at the Capitol on January 6th, but he was there, and there's video of him with the Proud Boys. So clearly he is connected. And clearly the Proud Boys are uh, being found guilty one by one. Seditious conspiracy when it comes to the January 6th committee. So the fact that Roger Stone is tied in with them is a little troubling. Now, of course, Roger Stone's already been convicted convicted of a felony, but Donald Trump pardoned him. This time around, he won't be so lucky. There is nobody left to pardon Roger Stone. He's apparently a friend and a confidant to Enrique Tario, the gang's chairman, who's now currently in jail awaiting trial on seditious conspiracy charges over what the Justice Department calls his outsized role in the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The pair has appeared together on numerous occasions dating back to 2018, and they make no secret of their mutual respect. Uh, Terrio makes press appearances in defense of Stone whenever he ends up in court, and Stone boosts the Proud Boys and attends their events. In December 2018, the pair stood together in a video addressed to the gang, and Stone called on the Proud Boys to fight back against globalists. And special counsel Robert Miller, Mueller, who was at the time leading the investigation into the election meddling and ties between Trump's camp and Russia. You know, they, 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 they keep saying that nothing was ever found as far as Donald Trump's ties to Russia in those election meddling cases. This is not true. They'll say, well, why wasn't he indicted for it? Well, we know why he wasn't indicted. He wasn't indicted because he was the president of the United States. As much as they like to tell us no one is above the law, I beg to differ, because clearly a sitting president of the United States is above the law. The DOJ has a memorandum or something that says we don't indict sitting presidents for, you know, for the sake of the the country. So these guys do get away with things. Donald Trump got away with a lot of things, but that doesn't mean he isn't responsible after he's no longer president. Robert Mueller said that very thing. Keep the faith. Don't let them wear you down. The globalists, the two-party duopoly, Robert Mueller, the Deep State, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Washington Post, Stone said, they want to wear us down. Never give up the fight. We will prevail. And that's, you know, that's Roger Stone's basic strategy. Never admit to anything, even if it's obvious. 
Now, Stone agreed to an interview with uh, uh, on May twenty, uh, May of twenty twenty one, during a time when he was under immense public scrutiny over his proximity to the insurrection. He maintains that he was in his D.C. hotel during the riots at the Capitol. But he made various appearance with the Proud Boys in the days surrounding the event, and on the morning he was captured on video flanked by a group of Oath Keepers, some of the gang's closest allies. See, the thing is, he'll say he isn't part of that. He'll say he doesn't have anything to do with them, but every bit of evidence proves that he does. Stone is a complex and kind of a confounding kind of dance. He's a celebrity, a convicted liar, and a Trump sycophant. And like a child born of all three, he's prone to self-serving word salads sandwiched between half-truths and deflections, which is exactly what Donald Trump does. He talks a lot, but says very little. He couldn't decide from question to question whether he was close to the Proud Boys or not. In one breath, he said he didn't associate with the gang, but befriended specific individuals who happened to be members of the organization. Now, in another situation, he lamented that the Proud Boys and Terrio in particular had been stigmatized by the media. He suggested that the Proud Boys were never violent or racist, despite a mountain of evidence proving otherwise. Well, they were there for the fucking insurrection. So clearly they are racist. Clearly they are insurrectionist. He went on to say, when a lie is repeated enough times over and over again by these powerful assets, you get unfairly labeled. And I think that's what's happened to the Proud Boys. That's funny, because that's the very strategy they use. They lie over and over and over again until some people start to believe it. They're racist, they're white supremacists, they're violent, they're criminal. No, none of these things are true, he said. Not in my experience. Well, forgive us, Roger. You're a known fucking liar. You're a convicted liar. From the start and throughout the 25-minute conversation, Stone repeated the claim that if the Proud Boys were a criminal enterprise capable of carrying out violence or an insurrection, he had no idea about any of it, and he had no part in it. And in any case, he argued, anything criminal attributed to the Proud Boys was the act of an individual, not the group. Well, I don't know that that's, that's altogether true. I mean, these fucks are going to jail, and the Proud Boys are on the line. He went on to say, you can't condemn everybody who's an Italian-American because some Italian-Americans broke the law. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, but the whole fucking group was at the Capitol uh, as part of the insurrection. So anybody that was at the Capitol that happens to be part of the Proud Boys would be culpable for that uh, egregious crime. He worked hard to deflect for the Proud Boys, even when there wasn't any apparent need to do so. Some of that seemed to be for the sake of self-preservation. Whenever he's asked about his relation to the gang or his whereabouts during the Proud Boys event, he launches into a spiel about the media's mismanagement of his and the Proud Boys' image. No, you're a convicted felon, Roger. I don't think anybody needs to lie about you. 
but it's also clear that he had invested a considerable amount of emotional and professional capital in Tario. In fact, Stone admitted that he's been advising Tario and the Proud Boys directly for years, even though he has nothing to do with them, right? Perhaps much in the same way he might advise Donald Trump. He said he provided his professional and personal input on their political goals and on several occasions gave them advice when they got into legal trouble or did something that was bad for their optics. He said, I encouraged Tario when he wanted to run for Congress, even though I thought it was probably a hopeless exercise, Stone said. Enrique is someone who's had a tough life, but he's charismatic. I do think he's got a great future if he wants one, although I fear he will constantly be stigmatized by the creeps at CNN, the real haters, the folks who really are intolerant, the folks at MSNBC. It's all false imagery, and it's really tremendously unfair. So you think Enrique has a great future. You mean the Enrique that's sitting in jail currently, who is in jail for seditious conspiracy. That guy has a good future. Well, Roger, I I, I tend to think that an insurrectionist isn't good for the future of this country. And given that, and given that we have laws against it, I would have to disagree with you about Enrique Terrio. I think his future is done. His future is behind him now because he's going to spend a lot of time in prison. Asked whether he thought the Proud Boys could make a solid collective run for office going forward, Stone suggested they might be too radical to earn his support. Well, you're already supporting him, motherfucker. I don't see them as an elective political force. That's just not how I see them. I see them as individual patriots who support Western values, he said. If you're on the left... You can transcend your radical past. It's not clear whether you can transcend a radical past on the right for a political future. Just not clear. Too early to say. Oh, so you're thinking uh, the Proud Boys might have a possibility given some time. Stone also gave the gang advice after several of their members were jailed following an attack on protesters outside a GOP event in Manhattan in 2018. He said he believes the convicted Proud Boys might have been exonerated completely if they'd listened to him and hired a better lawyer, one who could cast the blame on Antifa and stand up to the New York establishment. He pushed Gavin McInnes, the group's founder, to get new representation for assailants. So now he's advising people to get better lawyers so they can get out of their crimes, which ironically Roger Roger Stone was unable to do because he was in fact convicted of his crimes. You see what this is? This is just constant bullshit inflammatory rhetoric, hoping something will stick to the wall, hoping that at least some group of people actually believes this bullshit. I don't honestly believe that anyone with a normal intelligence does believe it, But there is some of the base that does believe everything that comes out of Roger Stone, Mike Lindell's mouth. Hopefully it's not enough to win elections, and I don't think it is. I don't think there's enough of these people that buy the bullshit that uh, will come even close to winning an election. 
Now, there's a lot of people around Donald Trump that are all very suspect, and one of those is the uh, controversial far-right attorney, Sidney Powell. Now, she was scheduled to appear before a Fulton County special grand jury in Georgia on Thursday, but she didn't appear as scheduled. Now, this is a problem for Sidney Powell. It's one thing not to show up to a subpoena or the January 6th Select Committee. But the DOJ is a far different animal. Sidney Powell, former attorney and former President Donald Trump, was scheduled to testify Thursday morning. But sources tell Channel 2 Action News down there there may have been some confusion over the subpoena. And she apparently did not testify, WSB-TV reported. It is unclear if there will be legal repercussions from her failure to appear. Well, I would hope so. I would hope that there are some legal ramifications. When the DOJ tells you to fucking show up, you fucking show up. Now, in January, Powell was subpoenaed by the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack. According to the court records, the grand jury wants to ask Powell about her involvement in an incident that happened in South Georgia in January of 2021. Video shows several people being led into county elections offices to download election data from voting machines and election servers. State investigators call it criminal behavior and say Sidney Powell paid for all of it. Sound familiar? See, this is the interesting thing about this. They keep claiming the Democrats uh, somehow rigged the election machines. But the only people that we know of that actually tampered with election machines were those people working for Sidney Powell, Donald Trump, Republicans for that matter. Now, when Powell was subpoenaed by the Select Committee, it wrote its investigation has revealed credible evidence that you publicly promoted claims that the 2020 election was stolen and participated in attempts to disrupt or delay the certification of the election results based on your allegations. Between mid-November 2020 and January 6th of 2021 and thereafter, you actively promoted claims of election fraud on behalf of former President Trump in litigation and public appearances. The Select Committee seeks the evidence you relied upon in making those claims. According to public reporting in December of 2020, you urged President Trump to direct the seizure of voting machines around the country to find evidence that foreign adversaries had hacked those machines and altered the results of the election. Again, there is no evidence of anything like that. However, there is evidence that Republicans themselves tampered with those same machines. It's funny, they don't seem to be as concerned about that as, a, as opposed to something that didn't even fucking happen. Sidney Powell has a lot of problems. I believe she's lost her law license. Dominion is suing her for $1.6 billion. And she's going to get caught up in this January 6th issue, if for no other reason than the fake electors. That's one I think a lot of people slept on. Well, the fake electors, they were just trying to game the system. No biggie. But this is highly illegal. The people who helped coordinate it with the likes of Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, or some of these others, that's bad enough. But these simple folks, these normal folks that uh, 
took up to be fake electors, they're finding themselves in serious trouble right now. We know that uh, Sidney Powell had something to do with the insurrection. We also know that Jenny Thomas had something to do with the insurrection. And uh, she is actually going to speak to the January 6th committee. She did everything she could to not speak to them, but I believe the pressure is getting too heavy on Ginny Thomas. This has got to be weighing on Ginny Thomas's husband, too, Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court Justice. This is going to put his ass on the line, and he's not going to be able to cover it up. Again, we're talking about a Supreme Court judge, so the only thing that could really happen to him is, well, two things that could happen to him. He could step down because of the pressure, or he could be... Uh, um, um, impeached. That's a, that's a possibility. Now, the idea of impeaching a Supreme Court justice is a pretty heavy deal. It's only been attempted once, like 150 years ago, and it didn't work. And chances are, depending on what Congress looks like, it may not work here either. Now, there might be one, one reason it could work. And like everything else, it goes back to the midterms. If people get out and vote, and we maintain a certain margin in the House, maybe expand the margin in the Senate, then conceivably they could look to impeach Clarence Thomas, run him through the system, and he could end up being removed. I think over the next coming months, we're going to see a lot of people removed from positions of power, sitting members of Congress, people who were in the White House, in the Oval Office, people like Ginny Thomas. They are going to be exposed and they are going to be expelled from their positions or go on trial for their criminal activity. This is... uh, This is a pretty serious thing. And these fake electors, I think, you know, with so much else going on, we kind of looked sideways at that. We didn't think that was a big deal. It's turning out that these fake elector scams are maybe one of the bigger deals in this situation. It's going to cause a lot of problems for for people that are in power. But even though those little folks that just decide to be fake electors, they made the wrong choice at the wrong time, and they are going to have to pay, uh, uh, be be held responsible for these things. It's 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 going to come to pass. They're going to have to do it. Everything is kind of falling in place around Donald Trump. There are all kinds of things going on. Of course. Uh, We have the situation in New York where Letitia James uh, is going to sue Donald Trump, his kids, his company, the executives for like $250 million. But more importantly than that, um, they want to make it so that they can't have a business or be working for a business in New York up to five years. And that will be a devastating thing for Donald Trump. He will lose everything in terms of his business. All he will have left is the opportunity to grift, but even that is starting to wane now. And as more gets exposed about Donald Trump, it will wane even more. So Donald Trump's in a whole shitload of trouble at this point. It's not going to go well. 
Uh, Donald Trump could get indicted virtually any day, whether it be from Georgia, whether it be from D.C., whether it be from the DOJ, whether it be um, New York. Because one of the things that Letitia James is, and I mentioned this yesterday, it's one thing to have a civil suit, to file that civil suit, cost him $250 million, and also make it so he and his company and his kids can no longer run a business in New York. That is a big deal. But in addition to this, apparently what happened and and that Letitia James has evidence of was so bad that she's referring criminal charges to the Southern District of New York and the IRS. This is over decades of scamming the system, undervaluing and overvaluing his properties to benefit for himself. The evidence is there. The books are there. People have talked. This is what's going to occur that's going to be one of the many things that gets him in trouble and gets him potentially indicted. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your day and spending it with me. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.